Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Just like all my buddy George Pavroma brought that in with him that one time. Yeah, I've seen that. So we start drinking rum on the every podcast. Yeah, for the, the, I'm going to have to make a phone call to Papa's Polar and be like, hey, are you sponsoring this thing or what? Yep. That's right. So Is good. my my sound good right here? Yeah, just bring it a little bit closer. Or just yeah. 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 If yeah, you, you want to sit back, it bring in. it to you. As a general rule, if you start hearing that echo bounce, you're too far. Okay. But then if you, you know, you could be here and there. It doesn't matter. Gotcha. If you want to get louder, you can get closer. Sweet. So it's all good. All right. You know. That's good there. So, yeah, you brought some rum with you. That's right. A gift. Papa's Pilar. We got Ricky Williams over here. We're going to put him back here. Let's see. Ricky can come up and hang out with us today. Good old Ricky. Good old Ricky. Uh, run, Ricky, run. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember a lot of people forget? Because, like, so much of his career was overshadowed by being... With the weed stuff, mm-hmm. and um, the dude was an animal. Yeah, like he was like, he he could have been the greatest running back of all time, dude. Right. Yeah. Ricky Williams was incredible football player. What do you have the most carries? Yeah, and that's why he retired. Dave Wan right. said they it ran the, it in the ground. Exactly. Oh they beat the crap out of the guy. That guy. Run, Ricky, run, then punt. Right. And everyone knew, oh, we're running because we Jay Fiedler is my quarterback. And I'm obviously not passing. Ran him so hard, he turned yeah. into a body. <laughs> I think that team, a lot of people don't realize it. They're like, oh, yeah, Jay Fiedler was like a, a good quarterback and everything. He's like, no, he wasn't. Like, we, were, the defense was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sertan and Madison and Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas. Tim Bowen's up the middle. Yep. Dude, that defense was phenomenal. That's why we won games. I mean, it wasn't because of Fiedler. He's throwing right. pick sixes every game. The defense is outscoring the offense. I remember uh, Sperano. We'll g- we we get a field goal, yeah. and he's over yeah. there jumping, <laughs> swinging his fist in the air. Tell it's you like, the, why, why do you need a touchdown when we can settle yeah. for a field goal? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. They once had ruined this franchise, man. Or at least that was the beginning of it. Yep. I don't know. You want to crack that open? 
Yeah, it's up again. There you go. Two days in a row. Knock it out. Let's see here. All right. See if you've gotten any better at opening up these bottles. Yeah, no, I, I probably have not because the last time I drank this was on that podcast. Yeah. So, oh, here we go. I think I figured it out. All right. So, no regrets, right? That's right. So, welcome to Connected by Water, Ricky. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. The Connected by Water presented by Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Subaru. See, now we know by that is it's... The new year has passed us. Like, we're back in the flow. Then I'm not fumbling over the Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Subaru. <laughs> the intro. Thing, which yep. is like when I first got back from the new year, uh-huh. I was like, like, I was like <laughs> fumbling like over the whole thing. Who knows? Like you, after like this bottle a, of rum. Like you had a bottle of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Now Might after the bottle of rum. You're right back to it. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So you are drinking out of the, uh, the No Regrets, not even one letter mug. So Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank me. Thank you. You're the one who bought the room. That's right. Happy New Year, too, man. Happy New Year. Happy so, New Year, John. A couple Happy of fishing friends hanging out, drinking some rum. That's it. We got some iced tea here. Cheers, bud. Cheers. So. How you doing, man? All right. Good. Yeah. Busy. Yeah. I'm doing charters. and Busy's good. Family man and mm-hmm. raising three kids. Yeah, that's a job in itself. Yeah, big time. That's some smooth stuff right there. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. so good. It's like a uh, mm-hmm. vacation. <laughs> so you're up in Jupiter now? Yeah. How do you like Jupiter it? Jupiter Farms. I love it. Yeah? Yep. Where were you living before? I was in about the Hollywood area. Yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. So. so you guys took a leap? Yep. And when you moved out to Jupiter, that's when you went on your own? Or were you like like 100% as a charter? I started the charter. When did you start that? Yeah. Out of, out of Pompano. Two years before I went up there. Okay. So we got, you know, really dialed into uh, Pompano's fishery, you mm-hmm. know, and started my whole fishing career basically out of Fort Lauderdale. So I would troll sometimes, go out of haul over, fish Key Biscayne, fish Fort Lauderdale, go north. And then uh, went up to Pompano and started catching better fish and closer to the Gulf Stream, stuff like that. Yeah. And then just basically it was like, if I'm fishing, it has to be. Out of Pompano. So right. opened the business out of Pompano and then um, wanted to basically get out of Broward County, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, Why'd you want to leave Broward? I'm curious. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, like, I always ask everybody that who labor leaves. Well, I think traffic is traffic, huge. Traffic, traffic, and um, I was, uh, before the chartering, I did fire sprinklers for 23 years. So I drive a service truck all over the place. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that's what got me my house, got me able yeah. to wean myself out of, uh, you know, f- fire sprinklers and into charter and full time. So, uh, I would drive through different areas and I'm like, wow, it's really clean up here and, and, mm-hmm. uh, really nice. And they keep everything up to date. If you would, you know, all the, uh, neighborhood and pressure cleaning and stuff yeah. like that. Anyway, less traffic too. Like once you hit PGA, it thins Jupiter out. Farms is nice too. Like out, yeah. out an area trail, like, you know, a lot of land and a lot of different, you know, mm-hmm. reminds me of like a lot of like how Davie is some parts of Davie still. Yep. Like yeah. South, Southwest ranches. Yeah. Like right. Um, and then, you know, like growing up in Hollywood, every single house is right on top of each other. So yeah. you can touch your neighbor basically. So, mm-hmm. To go up there and get, you know, an acre and a half and can't even throw a rock and hit the neighbor's house or see him at nighttime. There's no street lights, you know. Right. It's like a huge change. So I'm embracing it. I yeah. love it. 
That's cool, man. Yeah, and then so, get the kids into a better public schools. That's another thing. Yeah, right? we're homeschooling now. Yeah, because I can't stand the educational system in Broward County. Right. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. Like, and we're in Coral Springs too, which is has a reputation of having a better educational system than most cities. But I mean, to me, it's all county. How's the homeschooling anyway, going? It's fine. Yeah, it's great. Actually, it's, it's the kids are a lot happier. You know, we're all a lot happier and. I think a lot of times, you know, with these kids, man, I think they're mistaking. Um, first of all, when you homeschool, like people shouldn't think that you're just recreating school at home. It's not how the curriculum works. It's a different way to educate your children altogether. It works for us. Um, there's homeschool networking groups that we're involved with as well. Um, so a lot of people, one of their first things that they go, oh, what about the socialization of it? And it's like, well, it's, we were socializing. That's not an issue. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, everything's going great. Um, we feel like they're learning actually at a faster rate. Nice. Um, you know, if you also, if you think about it, you know, how much personal attention That's during the course of the day does say. your kid actually get when the, student, the teacher has like 28 you know, kids or 22 kids even in one classroom? Right. Um, you know, probably not that much individual attention, but... Now they get 100%. Um, yeah, now they get 100%, and, um, you know, you don't really have to, you know, stress them out with a ton of homework, and which that's another thing, too. I think the kids are getting way too much homework. You know, the, that young brain, I think, needs time to, you know, when you're trying to expand it during the day, it needs time to bounce back, you yep. know. So, agree. you know, that's another thing, too, especially with the amount of work they were giving kids at kindergarten level. Yep. You know, and I think they're dealing with the problem a little bit in the wrong way. My uh, son... He's in kindergarten and just finished the the winter break, right. so now he, they just started him with the homework in kindergarten. Yeah, so it's just read basically read to him, you know. Right. But yeah, it has to be done, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know, you know, it's a lot of the. I mean, a lot of this, it's all on my wife. You know, she's the one that does it. I mean, I pitch in when I can on the weekends, and um, pretty much a history buff. So I can teach them a lot of stuff about that. And, you know, we quiz them all the time and, you know, we're getting into, but she's got a curriculum that she follows, you know, with her, especially with her group stuff that she does. So, you know, but that's the thing, man. It's like, uh, you know, you quit your day job. Yep. When? Uh, About March last year. March last year. Full-time charter captain. So that was your first year. Full time, yeah, yeah, so scary. And yeah, I, right. I, I left the four hundred one k, all the health insurance, and um, the kids are under my girl's health insurance. So I wasn't like screwing us up with that or screwing right. her up, if you would. So uh, just pretty much me, but it definitely was a uh, scary, nervous, you know, and mm-hmm. just you don't know something like that until you do it. Basically, yeah, know? it's tough. And, I remember when we when we did it here. Um, we had it to where we had already had our daughter and then we had planned on just having one more child, boy, girl, it doesn't matter. We just wanted to have two. Um, we were hoping for the boy just to have the boy and the girl and we had my son. And, um, you know, as we kind of went through on the previous podcast, he was born two months premature. Um, but we still stuck to the plan. Like once we got him home. Um, he was born in September and then <clears throat> we see right at the new year, you know, we had a situation at, you know, the company I was working at in the music business mm-hmm. to where, you know, I was able to like arrange my own layoff. Thank God. You know, which was great. You know, really worked out and I took that leap, but it's so scary. 
you know, you know, I had, you know, I was busy outside of work. It was, I was always continuously busy. Like my whole life has been like that. You know, it's continuously busy. Right. But it's still like, it's a definitive line that you cut for yourself and that you're like, all right, I am. It's like you step off a cliff and you're like, you know, big time, you know, yeah. but it's crazy because you step off a cliff, but there's a little rock there that you land on. And you're like, all right, it's a little lower than I was before. And eventually you start climbing rocks uh-huh. that get you higher. So that's got to be like pretty fulfilling for you to yeah. like go through your first year. You know, and you had a pretty good year. Yeah. 206 charters completed. Fantastic. And, I, and I've heard of guys doing 360 and stuff, so I don't know. You know, I'm proud of myself and my business mm-hmm. for that. So I don't know. You know, someone else, like I said, they might be, hey, dude, catch up. We're doing 400. I don't know. Right. You know, what, right. So I try to talk to captains and get 200, that's people. a lot. Yeah. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of time on the water. And, and if anyone you, says they do more than that, well, yeah. It's tough. You know what I mean? Because, you know, your, your physical aspect alone you know, to doing that. Cause you know, you're out in the water all day, you know, still, I don't care if you're doing it for a living or not. That takes, got to take a toll on you. Yeah. That definitely many days. beat you up. And yeah. Tired. And then, you know, you got to add in bait fishing for these tournaments, doing the tournament. So it's right. probably a lot more than, you know, 200 days out there as well. How many tournaments do you fish in a year? You think? I don't know. I, I do different stuff on what I'm feeling or, right. or I want to say, what do we do about maybe 10? Yeah. You know, eight uh, to 10. That's, Still a lot, right. considering that you're full time in on the charter. Yeah, and then I know you got your some guys doing the sailfish tournaments and the meat fish, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's uh one thing with me is I'm held back because I only have the 25 contender, which is 28 length overall, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not a sailfish platform, if you would, you know right. what I mean? So, right. Well, it turn it's a sailfish tournament platform. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So. Or uh, nowadays, these boats are getting outrageous, too. So it's, you know, it, oh even, is it even a meat fish platform? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. You know? Some of the boats that they're coming out with are just mind-boggling. Yeah. Like what they're doing with them now. Yeah. It feels good when we beat some of them, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I mean, if you know what you're doing and you know you have a good day and you know, you're you're paying attention, I mean, you can compete against those guys, no problem. And yeah. you have been. Yep, exactly. So what did you, what was that? How big was that? Was that a Wahoo? That's yeah, a huge we, Wahoo you guys you got a, recently, right? Yeah, it was on a charter and uh it was it got sharked twice in its spine and uh towards the back. So we were we uh we waited at sailfish twice? Twice and it still was ninety pounds. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it had two chunks. So I was we waited at Sailfish Marina and we're surrounded by some captains and mates and uh, my buddy James Fenn, who's done a ton of wahoo fishing, he shows up and to to check this thing out, and you know, because I'm calling people and I'm like, man, this thing's got to be a hundred pounds, you know, and it's, yeah. I mean, it was like this and thirteen inches off of the off of the deck, and I'm like, God, you know, so so a lot of captains and mates, they said, uh, you know, this thing probably is over a hundred, so some said one oh five, one ten, or something like that, and we did it on a twenty pound spinning outfit. Wow. I know. Nice. So we were just, we were going to go reset, and my mate Max is reeling it in, skipping the gog on the surface, just, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get out of that spot, kind of a little bit boring, go reset, you know? Right. And bam, just piped it, and I was like, dude, this thing's dumping this reel. Let's yeah. go, you know? So we start driving on them, and then, you know, we ca- we catch a lot of sharks up there, you mm-hmm. know? So those you you know for the customers i'd like to stay hooked up on them and give the customer some action whether you're having a slower great day they might 
they, you know, some people from out of town flip out over the shark. So anyway, I look at Max and Max is driving and I'm up there with the customer guiding him through it and coaching him. And then, um, I'm like, dude, we're, we're this is way too fast for a shark. So mm-hmm. he goes, so it's funny. Max goes, it's either a, a hundred pound Wahoo, big yellow fin or, or something exotic or a Marlin that maybe didn't jump yet, you know, baby blue or something right. like that. So, um, all of a sudden he ends up on the surface and, and we see the shark. So, uh, a key thing that Max did, he guns it right on there. And I just went for a Hail Mary gaff shot and got him away from the shark. And I'm like, I need help. You know, I'm screaming for help. And the shark comes up and takes one more bite. And that was the second bite. And, uh, that was it. So, uh, scientifically we started thinking if that shark didn't take out maybe one bite, would we have even got it? Would we have pulled a knot, broke it off? Right. If, in other words, if you know how long yeah. this thing was going to take, if it was going to just do what it wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was at the first, it was like there was the no turning its down head. for you. Exactly. Yeah. So still a lot of meat. That's crazy yeah. that when you hear like stories like that, yeah. like there's always like circumstantial things that happen like during the course of like an angling experience that mm-hmm. just, you know, always sometimes like you can make things go one way or the other, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, it was a sick day, to say the least. The um, so you're on how many two hundred and what charters? It two, I, did, I completed the year at two hundred and six. Two hundred and six. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, do you? Thank you. I mean, do you find that working that like now that you're just doing that full time? Like, how does that affect like your home life? I one of my biggest goals to do this was to. Um, because of a uh, weather and stuff, you're going to get days off that you can't predict anyway, no matter how busy you are. Right. So I figured if I did this, I can make double the money in less the time, less time, you mm-hmm. know, working for, you know, a full-time job. If you would, you're already at 50 out. If you have a 40 hour work week, you need an hour or two to get there with our, like we talked about traffic. And then, uh, so I was like, man, that's 50 hours. So a uh, big motivational, big goal for me was to, to be able to, you know, when I'm off, take my kids to school, pick them up and have that right. type of life. Because, you know, if you do a seven to three, it takes you out of the loop of right. picking them up and dropping them off. So, so valuable. Yeah, it really is. We get that here at the studio, too, because I'm like five minutes from the house. And even when the kids were going to school, mm-hmm. like I don't miss anything now. Right. Like when I was at my job, you're so like locked into like, you know, having to be there all the time. It's like I'd miss so many things. You know, just because I'm like, ah, I can't get out of work or yeah. like that. And now I'm just like. Yeah, you make your own schedule. Yeah, now. I'm like, see yeah. ya. I'll be there. No problem. Exactly. You know I mean? A lot of value to that. Yep. And that's, I know it might sound corny, but I, I figured to myself, I was like, you know, if, when you're on your deathbed, you uh, you want to look back and say, did I do everything I could do? And, and we don't know for yeah. sure if we're all on that path. And you know what I mean? So I figured, man, get more time with your kids is the answer. So. Besides wanting the fish and how cool fishing is and stuff like that, besides um, it turning into a job and that whole thing, but uh, well, you're following your dream, right? Yeah, yep. And then because I'm always conscious of that too, because you know, starting my own business here and having this place running, you know, the way it's running now, I mean, that's my dream. But you got to make sure that your dream's not impeding on like the happiness of your family. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's a fine line of, you know, making that work and making that, you know, it could potentially bite you in the ass. You, you never know. Um, so, you know, finding that balance truly is an art right. Right, sometimes. Um, but yeah, it, it's like worth it all the time. 
you know, I would suggest that anyone who's ever like kind of on the fence about, oh, should I start this or should I make the leap or should I whatever? You know what? We talked about before this started. You're like 40 years old now. Yeah, it'll be 40 in a week. Right. I think when. Um, not we, sure when this will come out, but. Uh, yeah, we're not. Yeah, it'll probably be you know, in a few days, a couple mm-hmm. days. The, um, I remember when we started the studio, I think I was 38. And I looked at it like, all right, if not now, then when? You yeah. know, and then when is there going to be that ideal time to do it? Right. You know, you really run through all those things in your head. And the bottom line is, you know, if it's what you want to do and it's it's the passion that you want to follow, you know, then you got to follow it or at least make a plan. Right. You know, make an exit plan for yourself. Like, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they're even thinking about doing this and they're, they're afraid to or they like that security of having a job. But if this is really your calling to do your own thing then you really need to make a plan, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't just like be like, you know what? Screw it. Today's the day and walk into your boss's office yeah. and like shit in your papers. Like, well, hold on. <laughs> Cause that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Like don't exactly. do that. Don't do it without a plan. Right. But if you want to do it, think it through and make a plan. That's and right. then at the end, the hardest thing to do is that last moment to where you're just like, I quit. Yeah. You know, that's the hardest part is, is the very end. But I got to tell you, once I did that, like there was, I've never had, a more liberating feeling in my life. Yeah. Than exactly. just cutting the cord to the grid and just being like, I'm creating my own grid. So I don't know, man, if anyone out there is listening and just even remotely thinking about doing your own thing, that's the American dream, my friend. You know what I mean? yep. That yep. really is the, to make your yourself. own way. You know what I mean? And you know, this constitution has set you up to follow your dream, mm-hmm. right? And to make your own way and, follow that path. And that's why it's so important to support small business in this country. That's right. Right. And people wonder why, Oh, why is small business so important to the economy? That's why, because it supports individual people around the world. Mm-hmm. who are making it on their own. That's why, yep. whether it's a store owner or whether it's a guy that owns a lawn business or there's a guy with a charter business or there's a guy with an art studio, mm-hmm. you know, when you support small business, you really do support the economy directly. Right. So that's my two cents about it. I, uh, I don't recommend people become a charter captain because it takes a lot of the fun <laughs> out of fishing for sure, you know. So it, uh, you know, the a lot of customers come down and they say, "Hey, you got the the best job in the world," and and I appreciate appreciate them saying that, and I'm grateful and humble mm-hmm. that I do do this now, and I think it's freaking awesome, man. At the end sure. of the day, but the alarm clock goes off, you you don't pop up and you're like, "Yeah, I'm a fisherman. Let's yeah, go." Right, it's still yeah, like, yeah. whistle while you work. Five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, it takes the fun out of it too, I think, you know, so. No doubt about it. You know, your passion takes on a completely different meaning when you have to do it for a living. Right. When you're required to do this and, and you, you need to make your ends meet by doing this. I mean, there's some days where you're like, I don't want to do that job for that customer. I want to paint my own thing. Right. I'm sorry. You got to do that job for that customer because you got hungry mouths at home and you know, yep. you got bills to pay here. You got the rent to pay here, like whatever the case yep. may be. You got your boat payment to make. Exactly. You know, I mean, it definitely does, you know, it changes your perspective on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess that's really what it means to be a professional. You know, when you get paid to do something for a living, you're yep. becoming professional, but it also, you have to make professional decisions and professional choices and representing you know, our own brands. That's it. You know, and it comes to the territory and you know, you gotta love it. Like, especially with art. And I always say this to people that want to do 
you know, be a professional artist, mm-hmm. you know, and kids will ask me all the time where I have college students emailing me all the time. Or if like a lot of times I have parents with like young aspiring artists that are in high school, and they always ask me, like, do you have any advice for me? And the first thing I always say, make sure you love this before you decide to do it before a living. Because if you don't actually love art, because people may think that just because you have the talent to create art that you love it. And that's not, that doesn't always equate because I've met plenty of kids, whether it was while I was in art school or whether I was working in the professional world as an artist Mm -hmm. to where they would be like, you know, just, you were so talented. What happened to you? And like, "Ah, I just, I just didn't have the passion for it or whatever like that. And I would see the progression of these people leading up before they quit, before they left art school, you know, whereas they would just get so frustrated and so bitter, you know, but if you're going to do it, for a living, whatever it is, whether it's fishing, whether it's art, or whether it's computers, anything, mm-hmm. you better make sure that you really love it. Because if you don't, it's going to be a long life. Yep, <laughs> a I, long uh, life of frustration. Exactly, and I I thought that through before I left too. If I um, would end up not liking it, you know, do you know, always love fishing, but um, so I left my job with hugs from everybody, and, mm-hmm. and any day you want to come back, you got a job, and yeah. They it's nice had, to hear that. Yeah, they had just moved and got a huge place, so they were like, you helped build this place, you know, and get us here. So they were like, we wish you nothing but success, and I was nervous as hell, like I, like I said. But, um, yeah, you, I, I guess you don't know until you go out and do it and try it, and then you That's find exactly out, it's it. like, this is for me. That's like, a, you know, especially pertaining to, like, future goals and stuff, it's like you – probably every captain starts out and goes, oh, I want a bunch of boats and everyone fishing for me, and I want to be at home in the pool while they're making money, and that's something else I look ahead, and, and as goals, that would be cool, and I don't know if I'll want that when the time hey, comes. It might, could be more of a headache or something, you know? Yep. So you have to get out and try, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. So you grew up fishing your whole life there in Hollywood? You born yeah, and raised they, there? Yeah, both grandparents had ocean access houses. Mm-hmm. So anytime I was bored, I was picking up a fishing pole. And, oh, nice. Yeah, keep myself busy and stuff like that. And I did like Dania Pier and any seawalls, docks, drift boats down rat. there. Yeah, exactly. Many people Catching started as a pier rat. Yep. Yeah, hey, me too, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Anyway, my parents used to drop me off at Pompano Pier yep. all the time. Get a, get I grew up fishing and surfing right there in that spot. Drop me off. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Come back in four hours or whatever. How long have you had that contender for? I'm I'm going on about two and a half years now. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And uh I actually got a loan from Chris that uh passed away that hit the rocks in um Miami. Oh wow. Yeah, with the with, he had that the wrapped Cape Horn, the yeah. coral mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I remember. So um I had uh, got it from him and miss him and God yeah. bless the dead and all that stuff. So it was pretty tragic, him and his wife. And What uh, is your take on that whole situation? I mean, uh, some people are saying you got to put a light there and, you know, like what's your what's your outlook on that? I, I It goes both ways. Like, uh, you know, you, you think to light things up, but I think the problem with um, nighttime being on the boat at any speed is lights blend in. With, with different stuff. So even you almost have to be knowledgeable of that light itself, in other words, because right. you're like, yeah. is this a bright building light that we're seeing? Is mm-hmm. this that? So in other words, we come out of Palm Beach Inlet one, one morning, goggle eye fishing and pitch black, and, and, and there's just a vague light that's super dim. 
but it ends up being a sailboat that's right on top of us, but it's so dim it think you think it's further right. away. So I don't know to light up stuff and and you know what I mean, make more yeah. lights. But I, I think from here on out, I don't care if you're, you know, drinking or not on the boat, whatever, if it's, you know, a fun night. I believe everyone should get around every inlet and just slow down and, and say, All right guys, we're you know, let's turn down the music for a second. Let's identify rocks here let's first come off of our speed mm-hmm. and then and then you know proceed through the either out or in and make sure you're cleared everything but I, I i do believe that um you know different tides you know with the full moons higher highs and lower lows yeah could really you know and and uh distract you and make you think the rocks ended and then they pop back up you know what i mean and a lot um, of these things are these these new lights that they have on the boats all these neon these you know, deck lights and everything it makes it very hard to see at night. Turn off everything when yeah. we go back. A lot of these, a lot of these guys are. We had this one, that one recently mm-hmm. that ran up on on the jetty. Oh, yeah, Fort, Port, yeah, Port Everglades. Yeah, it yeah. looked like they had like all their, you know, my I call them Miami Day glow lights, but yeah, you know, whatever. It did they, look you, like that, right? You know, all the purple the, lights and everything back. on the deck, and yeah, and you know, when you throw those on, you can't see anything. You know. Even the screens yeah. that are in front of you, they, they mess you up. Sometimes you got to step to the side to look to yep. look ahead of you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing. When we go goggle eye fishing, I like to bring someone because we're getting older. You mm-hmm. never, you know, or for the older captains or anglers, whatever, anything can happen out there and having an extra hand. Um, so we, we don't ride with no radio on or anything, mm-hmm. and we're both looking, and, and we just cruise. We don't wide open throttle anything right. and turn most electronics off. You know, and I remember when um, well, Jose Fernandez yeah, died down one. there. I mean, that really obviously made everyone go, "Oh, this has got to happen. That's got to happen." But you know, you know, you look at like the circumstances that happen; they're a big deal because they don't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, wow! Like, if there were people running on the ground like every day or every week, right? They're gonna be like, "All right, we got to fix something." Right? You know what I mean? But the Jose Fernandez and every now and then like there's a circumstance that happens and I'm not on the boat. So I can't say why it happened right? or when it happened or, or you know, what the circumstance was. But, um, you know, obviously when scenarios like that happen, especially when it's a high level person like Jose Fernandez, you're going to get everyone with their social media opinion yeah. saying this oh, or yeah. that. So, um, but there were two, I guess that's the reason why I wanted to ask you what your opinion was because you were close to that individual. You know, yeah. so you probably looked at the details a little bit closer than everyone else did with a little bit more of a realistic eye. So, yep. Yeah. I think, I think we all need to slow down around the inlets and that's it. Um, yeah. I know most experienced captains or charter captain, we all are pretty, you know, navable through there. Um, you know, and another thing too is if, if you're new to boating or new to fishing, but not new to having a lot of money and all of a sudden decide you want to buy this $500,000 boat learn how to use it, right? you know, the right way, whether you, know, you can spend 500 grand on a boat, maybe you could spend $500 to a captain for them to take you out on a day and like show you how to do use you know, yeah. the equipment and navigate the thing properly, take a boater safety course. That one had night vision and everything. The, the, yeah. The Port Lauderdale one. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. goes to show you, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that that was the case. Me neither. But, I, that, you I, know, I don't want, I don't, it's a, you know, I don't think anyone died in that one. So I don't want to say, you know, uh, more money than brains. A lot of people make that comment on yeah. social media. I don't want to say that, you know, and uh, I just. 
But I, but I mean, but it is true. Like a lot of these guys, you know, they'll fall into money or they'll finally get that boat. And rather than starting out with a 17 whaler or a 25 contender or something like that, they'll go right to like a 34 or 39 CV or a yellowfin and yeah, with 1700 bl- blow out, yeah, blow yeah, out everything, yeah. get quads and all that stuff like that. It's their first boat. Pretty cool though. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. But I mean, it's, it's a lot of boat for that being your first boat for, you know, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It all comes down to being responsible and respecting mother nature and knowing your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, I would take the same approach, slowing down when you get to an inlet, because even if it's marked with lights, those lights are, can be very deceiving sometimes and you don't know what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need to be prepared and going at a reasonable speed so you can make the proper adjustments when you need to. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, one thing I thought of before I came on the show and a lot of people with money, we have EPIRBs. I mm-hmm. think that uh, that one thing I wanted to stress in this show was yeah, it's a good call. You, no one talks about it. We're all show, we're all holding up our fish. We're all showing off our wins or this or that. And we're all happy and grateful. Uh, EPIRBs. I, I don't know why it's not more and more. And it's like, dude, it's even if you bought a used one for 150 bucks, let's just say, you know. They, uh, they take them back in, supposedly, re um, you know make sure they're all working. Yeah, yeah, and they'll be glad to do it. You know, the, the service is free, mm-hmm. and there's no no price on your life, you know. And, mm-hmm. and there was just that another Port St. Lucie boat. The guy went out in some little boat with, like, an old Johnson on it, and he went missing for a day, and then they actually found him the next day, luckily. Yeah. And wow, was, by I the think, grace of God. Right? Wow. Exactly. And then uh, – one of my one of my close friends, his brother was the uh, one of the firefighters from the the two that went missing, and they did all the searches. Oh, really? Up to like North Carolina, and the same thing. No EPIRB, man. It's yeah, like, God. yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, wow. And then there's also the famous kids that yeah, you know, paired down mm-hmm. the trooper away. You yeah, know what I mean, but that's also a circumstance of you know juvenile conduct. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you know, in a they're kids can't blame them. Yeah, no fear you know I mean? at that yeah, age. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I wasn't the same way when I was their age. You know what I mean? Running out of Hillsboro and like with my buddies, you know. Anything I do by myself on the boat, EPIRB in the pocket. Never yeah. know. Right. Even the dolphin player. You know. Right. Was it Conrad? Yeah. Bob Conrad. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All are the... you like? Are you fishing out of Jupiter now? Are you? No, I, tra- I actually trailer to Palm Beach. You trailer to Palm Beach and go out of there. Yeah, they're. Uh, more bait guys that I know there mm-hmm. and my pens are there and more people are, you know, Jupiter's beautiful, but most people are like, you know, let's go to Palm beach, Florida. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Probably Jupiter, Florida. So mm-hmm. I like fishing out of there as opposed to Pompano. I, I like it better yeah. for sure. It's yeah. a run less. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I even like, you know, compared to different guys like art and skip that fished out of there for years, you know, mm-hmm. my, my, my small time there fishing, you know, two, four, five years, whatever, whether it was chartering or, or fun fishing before the charters got more serious with the charters. Um, even like catching kingfish, they were on the smaller side. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, you know, you see a 30 pounder at a pompano and you're like, dude, that's a nice freaking yeah. cat, nice yeah. kingfish, you know? So now up here I'm catching forties and fifties different times of the year. And it's right. so cool to just even see them and be a part of it. And, uh, definitely love that side of it for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. how, how many of your customers are like requesting like sales versus meat or what do you think uh, most people are asking for? I, I are you think, a lot of out of state guys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot, a lot come from like the Northeast and stuff yeah. and 
they have a great fishery up there from what I hear, and they're mm-hmm. really into it like we are down here and in, in, in New Jersey. So you get to hear a lot of striper stories and tuna stories and mm-hmm. bluefish, you know. So they come and tell you their stories. But, yeah, a lot of people are happy with reeling in stuff, and I tell them we got a great fishery and all these are combined. So I would say sailfish definitely rules. Yeah, that's, the, that's the, the most people are asking I'd love to get my first sail, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, take pride in that when it when it does happen. Yeah, it feels for sure. Good, you know, being a part of that memory and, and I think that's important too from a captain's perspective too about the guests that come on, you know, your boat to to make them feel comfortable with, you know, what they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. As opposed to what you do know and you know, not coming off like a know it all. I guess you know what I mean. And making them just have right. a good experience. And there's probably an art to that in itself. It is. Yeah. You know, I like to, I, I like to make them laugh sometime and make a joke like, Hey, you know, I'm like a universal studios tour guide. And, and that was one thing actually getting into the business. No one's going to, you know, I guess you can talk to some captains. You don't know of every question to ask if you had a second right. to talk to a 10 year charter captain and say, man, what's this going to be like? And blah, you know, you don't even, you're, you're, you're not educated on each question to ask. So anyway, um, I try to give them a tour and, and, uh, you know, they're not, not maybe 90% of the people aren't there to fish with Rick, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or it's an excursion. So yeah. it's no different than all of us going to Jamaica and going zip lining. You don't want the, the zip line instructor, coach, whatever you'd want to call it, to be a dick to you, you know what I mean? Right. You, yeah, hey, for sure. Yeah, thanks for coming here, you know. So I had to install that and even through slower fishing months and stuff like that, remember that this is still an excursion for them. Make it the best that you possibly can. So I like to start out right on the boat, giving them the whole rundown of, you know, Peanut Island and JFK got a bunker on there. And, you know, this is this here sail fish marina or our, our famous world famous tournaments mm-hmm. are all held and hosted here. And some of the best captains have been here and, yeah, you know, 80 years of it, whatever. So that's important to remember and always try to, you know, a lot of, yeah, some captains might put their nose up at stuff like that, but you know what? It's a better better day than being in an office. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sure. you know, it doesn't suck. Right. You know, it's a good time, you know what I mean? It, it's a good way to look at excursion, calling it that, you know, because anytime you go on vacation, like even if you're going to go down to like St. Lucia or like an island or something, and, you know, you do an excursion with the guy that's maybe it's a scuba tour or something like that. Yeah. It's like you want to almost feel like you walk, you come out of your vacation, you go home, that you're like best friends with that dude. And almost to the point where it's like, when you go down there again next year, he's going to remember you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you're like, Oh yeah, here's Bill. Remember us. And you know, you high five him and whatever. And and I'm glad you brought that up too, because that was huge for me leaving Pompano. I was like two years under my belt there with return customers, f- friends that I grew up with for years in Broward. I lost out on a lot of business and that was scary to, to make that leap, but mm-hmm. just all, you know, panned out good for me. Thank God. For now, and um, that's it. I would say maybe 10% come to actually fish with me from, hey, we seen your Wahoo, and I made it in the Florida Sportsman magazine. Mm-hmm. Just a little thing, not a huge, you know. And, uh, hey, I've seen that, and that's pretty cool. And then they want the story. So that's that's why I said most of them, they're just there to do an excursion. And What you know. tournament was that? That um, Was it a Big King? Dolphin. 
The dolphin, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The in the Fort Lauderdale meet. That mayhem. was in the Fort Lauderdale meet mayhem. That's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was sick, a dude. Big mahi, dude. <laughs> yeah, Sixty-six pounds. Wow, man. You know, you see that thing come over the gunnel or in a tournament, you're like that's stoked. It was weird because uh, Chris, Chris had just passed away, and 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 it was like within within a week or two, you know, from uh, you know that he left, and and when I seen it, I thought of him instantly. Yeah, yeah, and it was weird because. We, it jumped out of the water. I instantly seen first place dolphin potentially in this for someone to bring another big dolphin. But what it was when he jumped in the waves, you know, 40, 50 yards out as he's like hauling ass, you mm-hmm. know, um, he never got all the way out the water. So he looked like a 35, 40 pound yeah. dolphin tops. Yeah. Even when he got close to the boat, we still weren't like, this is a giant. You yeah. know what I mean? We yeah. still just wanted to at least what we thought would be first place dolphin and seal that deal and get him on the boat but it was weird and it was like from the from two two gaffs two of us gaffing it at the same time bringing it over it was like it grew 35 pounds (laughs) from there to there in the deck the first thing i said is what is that that's awesome dude (laughs) yeah dude that's such that's our love when that happens in a boat dude like you can't really match that energy level. When our, you see a fish like that come on the boat. We just we had just set up the spread and we we struck out in Jupiter and Jupiter was actually good the day before, so we went we did deep Jupiter and then we did south, uh, shallow Jupiter and then we left. We're like, dude, let's get the hell out of here. I'm getting calls from people that you know they're like, dude, we already got four kings and and we're going to work yeah. on something else now. So. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling when you start hearing those calls. Yeah, it's like nine thirty ten, and we don't have a weigher yet. We have like an eight pound king, and then uh, so we set up everything, and then uh, less than two minutes, that thing ate the flat line on a spinner. Yeah, so it was pretty much like the same spinner that caught that. Almost thirty days later, caught that wahoo. The wahoo, yeah. So really, yeah, and then and then when we boated the wahoo with those two, I'm like. I'm going to get struck by lightning tomorrow or something. I better enjoy this, you know? <laughs> so, uh, that's, that, that's, this is the first time in my life, uh, just being grateful for the charters, but going into, uh, 2020 at the time, I was like, I could, what am I, I can't complain. I can't say this year's got to be better. Maybe higher numbers and charters or something like that. More right. return customers and things like that. Maybe win some ter- more tournaments or place higher right. or whatever. But uh, yeah, fish wise, I'm like, even some of my buddies are like, get over it, dude. Like, it's gonna be yeah, hard. Yeah, those, those are fish of the lifetime. Fish of a lifetime, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, for sure. Unfreaking real, man. Do I love seeing like a big old mahi like that? I mean, it's a bigger, bigger mahi than I ever caught. But I mean, when you do see like a big mahi, like even like a fifty pounder, right? Like running up. You know, right on the side when you finally start seeing all like the flash of the color, like right next to the boat, you're just so excited. That's a moment where I'm just always just like, yeah, that thing's big. Yeah, you, <laughs> you gotta that's, get that's this. when you because you can see it jump off, like you're saying, you never know really for right. sure. Yeah, exactly. When you see that thing come up. You're well, like, the other thing wow, is, none of us the... are trained to see a, a 60 pound dolphin, you yeah, know, right. yeah. a lot of us, you know, we know it's big, let's get right. it, but you don't know. Well, you know, we're all used to seeing, like I said before, 20-pound fish, 30-pound fish, occasional 40s and stuff yep. like that. So You see that big old flat bullhead? Yeah. And just how long the thing is. I love it. And and to go with it, which made it really special, both fish were caught in the same place. Oh, so really? They were, they were about 80, 90 feet of water you in between. The, you got like, those numbers? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because it's like a, a dolphin you can't target. A, you know what right, I mean? A mahi's yeah, yeah. just swimming through. Right. So even uh, little Timmy Maddock at the uh, 
the way and it's like that thing was lost man yeah. you know what i mean so it's funny like uh but uh even wicket was like i haven't even seen nothing like this you know so it's pretty i cool. remember one year i can't remember what tournament it was it was one of jamie's tournaments and some family had caught um the big wahoo that day and it was like a 70-something, 70 78-pound 70 wahoo, something like that. So cool. And they caught it on like a dead ballyhoo. That's awesome. Just like one of the kids <laughs> was just like, oh, Dad, I'm just going to like yeah. lay a dead ballyhoo. And it was like right off the stink hole. Right? And like it was like all the rage. Like they turned like Jamie even was like dead ballyhoo right out front, like right like at like 3.30 so before cool. lines out. Like the, this family just like the, they took the whole meat division. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was cool. I love hearing that. Yeah, this goes to show you what we were talking about earlier. Like, I don't care if you have that huge setup and spending all that money for for all yeah. the equipment. It's like you could have a scenario like that where someone in the jumbo is just laying out a dead bait and that fish can just come chew on it. That's yeah. the best part about fishing to me. My buddy uh, Josh Coe, he calls me afterwards and he goes, dude, I've been fishing for that Wahoo for 20 years <laughs> with the best tackle in mm-hmm. the best islands of fishing bodies of water that you can go to. Mm-hmm. And you had every odd stacked against you on a 20-pound outfit, you know. And, yeah. and, a, and the customer never fished before neither. Oh, oh really? God. Yeah. That was I their know. first fish? Right. Oh, they're done. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Don't we, ever fish for the rest of your <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Just go out like that. Yeah. And they were, they, uh, they, there was two uh, two guys, and they, uh, they came on, and he goes, Rick, if you can get me a sailfish, you'll always be my charter captain. So I was like, all right, I'll try. No problem. I don't promise nobody anything out there, you know. I actually don't want any customers like that on the boat neither, you know. So I try to wean that out in conversations right. ahead right. very respectfully and stuff like that. So when they're like, do you guarantee dinner and all that? I'm like, no, man, yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, dude, say go to Publix and buy some mahi and save a couple hundred bucks. If, right. If you want to eat. Know. Those ends go to a fancy lot, restaurant. Yeah, a lot of times those ends end up being the worst trips for some reason. So when they call me and the first thing they say is, you know, I just want to catch dinner. I'm like, oh, my God. Hey, please right. start this over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So what do you say to them? I mean, it, you just like uh, we're not we're not gonna guarantee that. I just explain it to them, yeah. just like if, just like me and you talking. I just say, listen, you know, there's no guarantees. I like to make jokes out of it so they can feel comfortable. I'll say, listen, if I could guarantee anything, I'd be a, I wouldn't be on the phone with you. I'd be a millionaire because I put all my money in all the right. side bets and tournaments and and yeah yeah you know what I mean yeah and and win everything. So and we know that's not gonna happen. So. nobody you shouldn't fish to make money that's for sure with the uh tournaments you know so you're fishing mainly meat tournaments yeah and i've done uh that's why i've actually first met you was uh either 2014 or 15 sailfish 400 in miami and you were there drawing something i believe and yeah and then I uh, came up to you, and I was like, "Oh, I love the work." And blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah. And, uh, that's that. And not, not to get sidetracked, but all the artwork has been some of the coolest stuff to begin with. With the tournaments, all these drawings mm-hmm. and stuff, it's just like, look at this! It gets you going, it gets your blood flowing, you know, just to start off with. Let alone competing and yeah, stuff like that. So anyway, I've done the sailfish tournaments and uh, just had to jump on with different boats and different teams, whichever way possible and um i'm trying to keep that going i my goal uh you know like a like a dream or something is to get on a great team you know like a art zap or something like that would always yeah, so you tough know, not to crack. Know, they're <laughs> amazing amazing to, yeah exactly yeah. you know and then now as i'm getting older and doing charters i'm like 
you know, do, should I be an angler on a boat now? And I know like you can't just, just cause you're a charter captain don't mean you can go out and be that tournament captain as well. Mm-hmm. Dude, I would never discredit those guys like that, that fast, you know what I yeah. mean? So it takes a lot and knowing which way they're tailing or throw that bait this way in front of that. There's so much stuff, man, you know, and tricks and. We talk a lot about, on, on the especially on the tournament talk edition with Skip and yep. Art. I, I um, watch that. That's awesome. We talk a lot about chemistry on the teams mm-hmm. and how that's so vitally important to their performance and consistency, especially for a guy like Art and especially for a guy like Skip, who where they got to run the, the boat, they got to run the show, um, to know what they're getting out of each guy, you know, so they know what they're capable of doing or what they're asking of their crew, mm-hmm. you know, and just inevitably knowing how a person's going to respond or how fast they are or how quick they can respond to a situation. Um, you know, just because you have an all-star team doesn't mean that everyone's kind of meshing mm-hmm. well together or working well together. Right. Um, so having that right crew together and also time for that crew to gel and mesh, you know, yeah. is pretty important too. So just cause you got, you know, seven of the best anglers on the water, all in the same boat doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get success out of that team That's true. as you would from a team like native son who that crew has been around together for years. years. Yeah. Um, surreal is at the point now where they've been together for a few years. Right. You know what I mean? They're starting to gel and mesh and, you know, obviously you got a lot of other great teams on the water as well. For sure. So, you know, chemistry is valuable. That's right. In that circumstance. Yeah, that'd be a goal to get on a team like that one day. If it happens, it happens. Lately with the, the weather, the way it's been, I've been glad I was home. I did a Operation Sailfish two or three years ago, and it was blowing like 35, 40 the whole time. I was mm-hmm. just retarded, like, you know, trying to put spreads out and all that. I mean, I didn't mind getting beat up, but it was like, you know what? I've seen this before, and yeah. you know, I give a lot of respect to those guys now that are going through that because they dust them off. Was like that this dust year. Dust them off, yep. And uh, it's just, I don't, I don't know how much fun you can have actually out there working. I'm sure the ride out, the captain's parties, the ride back, you know, yeah. everybody taking shots or something is a blast. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, yeah the funny. last couple ones, I was, I was happy. I was home. <laughs> Yeah, and it could be it could make for a long day. Yeah, yeah, that's for does. sure. A long two days in yeah. a lot of circumstances. I mean, I know that you know. I really kind of stopped tournament fishing um, with with this because I was putting all my focus into the studio and ramping this business up. And I just did not because I think if you're going to sell sailfish tournament, especially, so I'll do meat tournaments in the summer. Nice, but like sailfish season like you really get to do it right you got to dedicate your time you got to do your pre-fishing yep. you got to put in the work you do all your rigging That's right. i just didn't have time for it anymore um you know because all my time is dedicated here in the studio but you know it's a lot goes into it mm-hmm. you know a lot of dedication goes into it, a lot of money sure. goes into it too exactly yeah. you know it's it's um, selfish and it's not a cheap poor man's sport i like to say it's like the nascar of fishing you know you know it really is um it's an incredible thing. Like if you looked at the tournament that just happened, the, the silver sailfish. Yep. Um, when the art crew they were up, and then uh, it, I'm assuming based on the scoreboard that I was looking at, the old number seven hit a triple towards the end of the day. Did look like right? that, right? Yeah. Yep. And then so that, you know that it's an exciting moment. Yeah. You know, I'm sure for old number seven, and it's probably a very frustrating moment for art. Right. Um. You know, and I really felt for him when I saw that happen, and you know. But that's how it goes. That's tournament fishing, yep. right? But it's an exciting sport for sure because 
for sailfish season, it's all on the board mm-hmm. and you know where every boat is at. Again, all the guys are on the phone, you know, during the phone, during the tournament, you're on the phones and you're seeing the live scoring. Mm-hmm. So, you Amazing. know exactly where you're at. So yeah. when you're on the boat, you feel the intensity. Right. Um, so whereas a meat tournament might be a little bit different, you could probably guesstimate whether or not how you're going to do based upon your poundage and that who you, you think you have to. in the boat or who mm-hmm. you can talk to. And so, okay, oh, it looks like no one else. We haven't heard anyone else kind of wahoo, but right. you never know. Yeah, exactly. Someone might come home, come in with a big medley and you'd be like, oh, crap. Yeah. No, 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 no one even knows that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. what just happened? You know? Yeah. But, you know, that, that to me is the difference between meat fishing and sail fishing is the fact that, you know, in the moment, like what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, but the meat is almost kind of like the big surprise at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, so both cases are great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think that's why the other one feels a little bit more like NASCAR. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a race at the end. Yeah. I'm anxious to see where it all goes with how big boats are getting, you know? Because I, 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 uh, you know, say you got Jamie Bunn's tournament, you got the the shotgun start, you know, mm-hmm. and now I guess up to twenty six or twenty six or twenty seven foot's a small boat, but now we're getting to an age where is a thirty one contender, you know, going to be the new small boat in five years? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And and well, five years probably is now, right? Yeah, and now that you know some of those guys, you know, they live and die for the for that race at the beginning if you would Mm -hmm. you know so it's pretty cool always a pleasure to see that out there as well but um yeah with the 65 footers and and you know i'm not sure if that's the fat you know i'm not saying a a smaller boat can't be faster than that one because of weight and right stuff like that but uh yeah i'm anxious to see where it goes i was picturing one day you know i don't know five or ten years from now like jamie does a all right under 30 foot shotgun start at six you know and 30 <laughs> feet to 36 foot yeah. shotgun start at 6 30 and all you big dogs can leave at seven you know and, yeah it's funny right so. <laughs> yeah, so. we'll see where it goes though right i mean yeah i mean the sports definitely evolved um even i mean just the past i guess say like 10 years but definitely in the last five years with the different sizes of the boats but um you know a lot of it comes down to the money in these tournaments because uh, those boats are not cheap to run. Right. And I think if you're going to run your tournament, run your boat in a tournament like that, you know, a lot of times they want to make sure that the juice is going to be worth the squeeze. So yep. uh, you never know. I mean, you look at the Jimmy Johnson, you know, putting out that amount of cash yeah, in, in, in one show. I mean, you know, in the fanfare and the hard rock involved and everything like that. So and cool. it makes it um, exciting um, to not only be involved, but the money makes it, you know, worth it for everyone to bring out all their big guns. Right. You know, they're going to hire captains. They're going to hire mates. They're going to want to win that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're going to think that they got the boat to do it and the captain to do it. You know what I mean? But that's what keeps them coming. Yeah, exactly. You know, so where it's all heading, I mean, I don't know. Because the Jimmy Johnson, you look, that's evolved over the past, what, eight years, you know, nine years. Mm-hmm. It's become like the baddest event. And then, you know, but, you know, 15 years ago weren't even thinking about it right you know, so who knows well you know where that's all going to take it even, and that tournament a lot has changed a lot about you know the sport in general mm-hmm. you know about what the event could be what the whole week can be and you know and that's no just dis- you know credit to or no disrespect to any other tournament out there because there's certainly other tournaments out there that you know what i mean yeah you know are, are huge but um it's just really the best example that i can think of Mm-hmm. You know, about evolution of where it's heading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even like uh, Meat Mayhem in the last couple of years. Is mm-hmm. Yep, Jimmy's been doing a great job. Swordfish, Wahoo, mm-hmm. other islands. Yep. It's, it's 
expanding pretty good. Yep, absolutely. I, I love fishing them all. It's fun. I look forward to most most of them. You know, I, uh, a lot of them are for great causes too. That's another big thing. You know. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because we certainly support um, a lot of the tournaments here um, that are you know for causes. Because here we are, been talking about the whole time about the money you can win and the sport of it all. But you know, there's also a lot of good. Mm-hmm that a tournament can do exactly. for the community. Yep. Um, you rally all these people together and, um, you know, raise money for a good cause or exactly. you know, ra- raise efforts for a good cause. I mean, look at the Fishing for Muscular Dystrophy Tournament, yep. which was just, they did their first one um, last year, raised a lot of awareness for mu- muscular dystrophy. Probably donated it's, too. And donated Crazy. a bunch. Yep, for sure. A lot of people donated a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort to that one. Um, and they're coming up on the second one too. Um, which they've had a lot to plan for, for the second one. So mm-hmm. the first one, actually, they were just like, hey, we want to do a tournament. Yeah, let's do a tournament, you know. And they did it, and it was a, it was a success. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was also certain weather aspects that almost, I think, knocked out, like, a whole class of the tournament in last year. Um, I know I'm speaking out of turn by saying they're not, you know, I'm paraphrasing that whole scenario. But... This year, they have now a whole year to plan it and the experience of the first tournament. And if I know Paul Robertson the way I do, and, and Tiffany over there at Fishing for Muscular Dystrophy, mm-hmm. it's going to be a first-class event this year. That's cool. So that's, everything they do is first-class. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's some uh, some like that in Jupiter as well that are, mm-hmm. you know, go helping sick, go to helping sick families and kids and stuff yep. like that. So feels good to be able to fish them for that and compete at the same time. Yeah, and we got the it's FFO like a win-win, events. sort of. So even if you lose at the end of the, some of them, it's still a good feeling to uh, know that, you know, this, right. this Participate one. Participate and help. Yeah. And I like, uh, you know, a week or two later, they make a post and they got some big check they're presenting to these families. Yep. Or mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty I love hearing cool. the love stories. Fishing. I love hearing the stories about the guys that win a tournament like that. And there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Bartender. Yep. I love hearing the stories about, you know, well, a guy who won a charity tournament, they'll sit there with a the big fat check and be like, here you go. And they'll donate the whole thing back. You know yeah, I mean? that's classy. Because that, that really gives everyone a perspective, of their, like a reminder of, yeah, that's why we were here in the first place. The big right. picture. Which is always cool. Yeah. And then yeah. to go back to the EPIRB thing, we, uh, a small token, we, we won um, this year, we won the small boat series we were top small boat for jamie's tournaments mm-hmm. and um inside the bucket was uh, you know uh eperb so we just get you know the perry's mother goes to these tournaments from the from the jupiter kids mm-hmm. so uh me and the team are sitting there like man let's donate that back and you know it's we you know, small boat you're not winning a bunch of money you know we were happy with our accomplishments always mm-hmm. and stuff like that but uh yeah we donated that back and that's the other thing I wanted to finish saying with the EPIRBs is like, I think that, um, you know, awareness and, and, and like I said, I can't believe like it, it bothers me so bad to see like a dad and he's holding his daughter and the dad is the one missing out yeah. at sea right now with no EPIRB. And it's like, dude, yeah. Yeah. you got that little, that little girl's worth an EPIRB right there, yeah. man, let alone two of them on the boat or something like that. So no I, doubt about it. I and think especially a guy like you, who's, family man is on the water all the time you know what i mean it's kind of hell seeing something like that yeah exactly it does and that and i would i think most of your guys that have the nicer boats and more money if you would they definitely have all the eperbs ones that go off if you sink Mm -hmm. a couple handhelds guys have them in their backpacks but i think we need to even if you're at the boat ramp go up to a guy and and 
just tell them, you know, say, hey, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all, man, but, you know, if you're letting your kid go out, you, or if you see, you know, the kid launching the boat with the dad right. and the kid's going off, talk to them, make sure they got it on the boat or, or try to spread the awareness, try to help somebody, you know, because like I said, I can't. I can't believe people even go out without one anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. It's nuts. Even even you know, taking basic courses like CPR courses and stuff like that is is probably an important thing to consider doing because, you know, these things don't become important until the moment actually happens. Then that's the moment when you kick yourself and saying, "I wish I would have," or "Wish I did." You know, what one I mean? button and the convoy's coming. Yeah, <laughs> it was something. You know what I mean? Take right. all the necessary precautions, and you know, because at at the end of the day, you're isolated out in a body of water Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and something happens your outboards go or you know what i mean or someone something really serious happens on the boat yeah um someone gets injured billfish jumps on a boat punctures somebody you know what i mean and you don't have enough time to run back or whatever the case may be we don't necessarily have that much of a problem with that here because we're so close to the shore right but still yeah you know what i mean it's you know that's you got Bahamas runs and different things like that too involved and you never know what can happen. So. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cause I mean, a lot of times you get like guys that grew up on, on boats and fishing boats, you know, like we all probably did. And it's like not so imperative to, you know, learn about boater safety or how to handle yourself on the water. Cause there's all that local knowledge in your head. But you know, with that comes also a little cockiness at times too. Um, so, you know, your ego is not your amigo. You know, yeah. basic, basically is what we always say. Yep. And, um, you know, but then also for the novice guys, you know, just be a little smarter than some of those that yeah. don't, you know, I'm basically in full support of what you're saying. You know, you can't stress that enough. And, uh, like, you know, I, I don't know the guys that hit the rocks or anything like that, the, this new boat, but, um, first thing my dad did was make me do a boating safety class before he'd even let me go into the ocean by myself. So it'd sneak out a couple times and mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Just get out there, but uh, he he's like, yeah, my dad made me do it, so I just went to a normal Coast Guard thing. I want to say it was about a month, and then you took a test, and it's either one or two classes a night at the time, and that was at Hollywood Courthouse. So I think they're all over the place, especially now mm-hmm. with the Coast Guard auxiliaries and stuff like that. They're all for for knowledge, but like we said, you know, someone gets a nice fancy boat, now they're a know-it-all hotshot out there and, mm-hmm. and uh, don't even have that course under their belt where – like we said, if they learned anything from it, you know, it would be a yeah a little more of an right. advantage. So you know, I'm thinking maybe at this we might be able to shoot some resources up on the screen right about now. Um, if anyone is wondering, if anyone's watching us and wondering where to go or what an EPIRB yeah, is, <laughs> or what an EPIRB is exactly, and um, you know where to go to take those courses, or you know if there's um anyone listening that you know you don't have to tell everybody, you could just think in your head and you know who you are. Right. You'd be like, oh, I didn't do that. I probably should have done that. Exactly. Um, or even if you, you know, even if you are an experienced person, um, but you know, you're going to start bringing your family out with you and maybe your wife doesn't know or whatever like that, it might be beneficial for the entire family um, for you and your family to go to one of these courses together as a unit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this way, when you're all on the boat after taking the courses, everyone's kind of in lockstep as to what's yeah. supposed to be done and what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. You, you know? never know what's going to happen to somebody because the person that might know all of it, might, they might be the one that's injured or can't do anything, and then you got all these other people that don't know what to do in that situation. Yep. Yeah, so exactly. I think it's important for everybody on the boat to be... That's a really good point. Yeah. What if dad goes down? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the wife's going to grab the wheel. Maybe she doesn't know how to navigate waters or, you know, 
Mm-hmm. You even use a compass. I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, I don't I hope that didn't sound like I was, you know, coming down on, on no. women, women for anything, no, but it's no. a real circumstance. Yeah, it is. You know? Yeah. Education. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, please, you know, John just put up some resources up on the screen. Um, you know, if you are in the market or in the thought process of taking one of those safety courses or just becoming more secure on the water for you and your family, uh, at the very least, hit one of those links and or go on and read up on about it if you're thinking about it. So, I mean, that's the best the best thing we can say about that right now. Well, I mean, motor safety is paramount. It is. And that's like another thing with me. I, I'm all for having fun and having some drinks on the boat. And it's so nice and exclusive, if you would, you know. But same thing, I don't know why anyone wouldn't, especially at night, just stop for one second, turn down the music, let's locate these rocks, you know what I mean? And then... Yeah. And, and keep going. It just boggles me, but... Yeah. You know what this made me just think of? The thing that Craig and Brad were talking about on the previous podcast in Venice with those, ga- oh, with those all gas those, things. with all the gas mines. I, I'm everywhere. still, like, thinking about that. So it, uh, have you ever finished in Venice? No. Louisiana? I mean, That's a goal, a bucket list yeah. goal, too. I've never fished there either, but they were telling us that there's these spots where, because, you know, there's, like, a lot of drilling goes on in that area yep. right but there's these spots like inshore these gas pipes that were cut off or yeah they're just sticking again, out of the water yeah, sometimes just sticking out of the water the sometimes you see them some, yeah Jeez. and you these guys know. are running through there and just you, you gotta you gotta really know where those are or just keep right on your track if you went out the same way just don't freaking move off of there because they said if you run them over and hit them some of them can blow that's the freakiest thing. that's crazy like, you imagine that? You're just, like, driving around all of a sudden, like, Ooh, that's your ass scary. explodes. That's crazy. Yeah. Any uh, collision out there, too, is scary, I yep. believe. You know? Yep. Yeah. I've seen refrigerators floating and freaking. Yeah, you never know what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I still I still can't get over the whole Venice thing. Yeah. Like, just, like, gas pipes. Like, kind of, it's like, who would want to run through there ever? Yeah. <laughs> Because you're really going to go They fishing. said the guys do it every day. They're running in and out of there because I guess it's like a it's a shorter way to go. The big boats can't run out there because I guess it's shallower. But all the inshore guides and stuff, they run in and out of this this channel or whatever for miles. And there's those old gas pipes or whatever sticking out all over the place. God. Shorter way to go? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we want to go to Walmart. It's right there. It's like, hey, you got to walk through that minefield first. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can drive 10 miles that way and drive 10 miles back. Yeah, no thanks. Wow. We have a you good ever, here. You ever been in any hairy situations with the water? Yeah. Um, recently uh, came across basically the coyotes smuggling in, you know, people from another country. And they were broke down and needed help and stuff like that. So, uh, really, yeah, we seen we seen that they had kids on the boat, so we pretty much called it in, and it was yeah. pretty rough. It was like five foot, so all around? I could think, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I wanted to mind my own business, but with right. the kids being on the boat, my customers knowing that I seen yeah. there was kids on the boat, it was hard, and like I said, it was rough, and they they were getting closer to Jupiter, and and uh, was just thinking of safety. You know, first, so I called. Yep. I actually called Cito, and uh, you know, told them, "Hey, you know, there's a boat out here in distress, and right. let it go from there." But then, uh, as we were fishing, we look inshore, and there's Coast Guard helicopters, and and how uh, long ago was this? Probably like two months ago, something like that. Really? Yep. You have pictures of it? 
I don't. I didn't take oh. any. We were, I, you know, <laughs> they, the what what raised my attention was uh, there was no FL numbers on the or any boat numbers. What on kind it. of boat was it? It was probably like a twenty four Mako or something. Oh, like really? That. It, it was like a two, center console. Two engines, and the guy could barely speak English, and he's asking me for gas. You know, uh-huh. he's like freaking tatted from head to toe, yeah. and I'm like. I knew not to get close, and you know what I mean? I was like, God, I hope these guys don't start shooting or something. I don't, I don't know, know what to think. could have just been from Opa Much like that. Sorry. Um, Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, they. Uh, I got a call from Border Patrol thanking me, and they were like, Ben, these two guys were, like, highly wanted in the Bahamas for, you know, numerous things yeah so that was one really really yeah that one that one stood out a lot so yeah they once <clears throat> when you came up to the boat you could just see you know he was standing on the gunnel flagging me down you know so my customers ended up saying they were actually people from here that i grew up with that that chartered me out basically and they were like rick i you know i didn't know if they were going to start shooting at us man i really was ready to start ducking because you, you in that situation they're desperate and they right. have nothing to lose yeah. you know so they'll kick you off your own boat you know what i mean and, and take it wow. you know yeah so basically all you seen was two guys and once we were just sitting there talking drifting you know keeping distance we end up on the side of them and then everybody 12 people had life jackets on and they were all like you know hunkered down all throughout the boat so it's like what the hell you know wow that was it was weird yeah it was weird yeah, i didn't even think of that too like if the dude like Pulls out a gun. You think you think yeah. everyone's in, in the in goodwill mindset, but and then those guys like that's like a black market type of thing, I guess. I don't know, you know, but you don't think they're like people are being trafficked on that boat, do you? No, they were. Oh, I they got, were being I, trafficked. I got it. Oh, I don't know. Oh, like kidnapped? I guess. Like no, I don't traffic. know about that. No, I think they were paid to. Oh, okay. Smuggle them here. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know if that's a form of trafficking or not. Is well, it, I guess. I guess technically, like trafficking. I guess when you think of human, tra- yeah, yeah. human trafficking, you think yeah. like. The movies, like like Liam Neeson kind of stuff. Yeah. What's the name of the movie? I'll find you. I'll kill you. Or whatever. Remember um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Taken. Well, Taken. Yeah, yeah, that's but what now I think it's about. A, it. It's a meme. I'll find your yeah. fishing spot yeah. and I will fish it. <laughs> <laughs> Highly trained set of skills. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I'll plug great. it in. Oh, man. I, uh, another cool thing I've seen... Um, Probably my second time I was a. Uh, this is probably eight nine years ago. Uh, my my second trip in the boat I had just bought, which kicked off everything for me at the time. Um, you know, for me buying my own boat myself. Right. We're we're far. We can't even see the shore. We're just dolphin fishing, and and we see a big old white clump of something. So obviously, we're all gonna go check it out. You know, ends up being a Rubik's cube of party balloons. That must have fell off a cruise liner. It was like six feet, but just wrapped in balloons, balloon, everything tied together, you know? Really? And um, as we get closer, Marlin, Blue Marlin, comes out the water, and this thing was like an Air Force jet, you know? <laughs> right. So um, it, it basically, I mean, it shot out about you know 12 times and he was there eating schoolies that's what he was doing okay i thought you were gonna say the balloons were like attached to his dorsal fin and then back to really? some, someone like you no no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so cool he's like skimming across the ocean with these so trailing balloons all over the place we troll by it you know and we i don't Just have paint any that tack yeah exactly <laughs> 
I don't have any tackle on the boat that's going to hook that marlin. I just, I, we were screaming because of how cool this, yeah. what we're that watching. Is. Not, you don't get to see that a lot. And I mean, right. this marlin was 12 foot. You know, it was, a, it was, I don't, I don't know if it was a full adult blue marlin. It wasn't no baby neither, though. Mm-hmm. So he was there chowling. But, um, so we're screaming and we end up hooking into like a 35, 40 pound bull dolphin off of that. I don't know if he was there eating school. Oh, really? too, Right. Yeah. yeah nice. So anyway, um, we fit, we we end up getting far away from this thing fighting that for a while you know what i mean and then uh that was that was pretty much it with that you know those more those mylar balloons are i see a lot a lot of you them do out there i try i try to pick them up especially yeah. at the beginning of a charter for good karma <laughs> yeah you know let alone saving our oceans or something like yeah. that or helping out cleaning i had a situation happen recently where because i'm on the always on the show bad talking mylar balloons right and here I am, this is my daughter's birthday last week. And like, I was kind of in a rush leaving the studio and she was having a party at the parks, just like with her, some of her homeschool group. So I'm like, I got to rush out of here. I got to go there. And I'm like, oh, she doesn't have any balloons for a birthday party. So I'm like, I bit the bullet and I ran to the public and I grabbed a couple of my like frozen balloons and stuff like that. So whatever. So I drive down there. Let me go over to my mom's later that day and she's carrying the balloons with her everywhere we go. And sure enough, you go to put them in my truck, right? So I, they got the little weights on them, but yep. one of them didn't have a weight uh-huh. that was really holding it down. So you really had to like kind of hold it. So I open up the door of my truck and I put them in there, right? And they're like float to the ceiling. I'm like, all right, cool. They're staying still. Uh-huh. Sean comes around the other side and he's like, like whips the other door open. That one goes, <laughs> sucks right out of the truck and like flies away. And I'm like, Oh. I felt like such a hypocrite yeah. at that point. That was an accident, though. Yeah, yeah but still, the, Mylar balloons are bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it could be done with them. And then so much talk of a helium shortage. It's like, man, you know, save the helium for the kite fishing guys. <laughs> I heard that, uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I heard that uh, Dixie Divers off 10th there in Pompano is starting to really – Say hey, we got all your helium for you. You know, we, they want to be a helium spot. Nice. So, a little I, shout out to them, I guess. I see Skip online referring people to there. I've never been there, mm-hmm. so, and obviously I'm further north now, so I, found, I had to find. That was another thing with moving. I think they're under new ownership now. Bone dry over again. Find yeah. my helium places. Find, mm-hmm. find this. Find that. So. Yeah. Um, we also back to the marlin thing. We we did release a blue marlin this year. Oh, you did? Yeah, we it actually came. Well, where we released a dead blue marlin, I should say. We uh we fought it on light tackle, twenty pound. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just dolphin fishing, and hooked into it, and I got all the jumps on videos. I'm screaming, losing. My, ah! I look back and I just see, you know, I see the jump, and I was like, cool. you know, you, you do hook in a sailfish occasionally, dolphin fishing, you know. So I see this thing go up, and I'm like, that's eh, a pretty sailfish, you know. And I'm like, yeah, right. no damn sailfish, right? So. Um, we fight that for over an hour and a half. He sound, he did every single amazing jump that you could want out of mm-hmm. a marlin, you know, and then uh, it sounded. So it probably took took you know customers, so, you know, and mm-hmm. it was a fifteen year old kid's birthday. Oh, that happened on a charter. Yeah, on a charter. Oh wow, fifteen year old on his birthday, and um, uh, basically from talking to people and stuff like that. Once you catch these marlin on 20 pound and light tackle and it takes that long, they're all, most of them are going to come up dead. So unfortunately when we finally got him, you Mm -hmm. know, up, he was just pretty much gone. Yeah. So 
got a picture of a dead marlin and then it was too short to keep which sucked dude because hate killing something or right something had to die that didn't need to you yeah. know so let it go to stay out of trouble which there should be some law like if you could record it all right because i mean i'm sure something made it you know Close circle, death kind of thing yeah yeah circle of life but then how many people are going to be doing that now right you know yeah, oh, yeah it died yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah right but it hurt to let that thing go you know especially dead so uh that and then um my when i actually got up here one of my first or second charters uh hooked into another blue right out front so that was cool that was a, today huh today what do you mean what did you say when you first got here yeah when, when i first moved up to palm beach and started chartering oh, out of there first it was like my first there. or second i charter. thought you when you first moved got here today no nah, it was a return <laughs> yeah it was a return customer. That's how you got that call return customer and uh he has really good luck, so I was like, man, we'll see what today brings. It'd be nice to get a mm-hmm. Wahoo. Always, always, I, I like to always think Wahoo, but uh, we hook into that. It was a four-hour charter and a five-and-a-half-hour fight, and we hooked it in 100 feet of water, and it brought us out to about 700 feet of water outside of, like, Hope Sound. So from Palm Beach inland, it yeah. took me, like, an wow. hour and a half to get back. Yeah. And a four-hour charter turned into, like, an eight-hour yeah. trip, you know? So we got the leader touch on that, and that— after we got See, the lead, Captain Ricky's willing to work hard for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Heck yeah, plug. <laughs> um, and uh, got the leader touch on that, and then he sounded again and just broke us off. So yeah, at least that one lived. So. The same guy now. What with the more? Uh, no, it, that was a different trip, different customer. Sorry, different customer. Yeah, all right. I was gonna customer. say you're lucky Marlin guy. Yeah, right. exactly. yeah, exactly. And then, well, <laughs> that is a lucky guy. This year, right around uh, May, too, off the kite, we hooked into a small blue and ended up jumping uh, jumping off. And then the Osprey, which is another charter boat up there, he actually was. I, I called him afterwards because I heard Osprey landed like a 300 pound marlin or close to 300. And that's what I thought I seen, you know. And um, so I called him and, and I said, you know, where are you here? And he ended up with just set up north of me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's the same fish or if there was a couple moving through there, but yeah. So since I've been in Palm Beach three and in, in less than two years, now, there's more, cool. there's marlin out there. Yeah. It's just, you know, especially in the summer. Yeah. Chasing it, all these mahis coming through. It's just not, you know, you just don't go for them here because your, your numbers are, not going to be right. You know, right. Wasn't, yeah. it, wasn't it Rufus coming on and talking about that? I think he was he that brought that up. You know, there, there's plenty of marlin off the coast of Florida. It's just that your hookup numbers aren't going to be the same as they are in like Dominican Republic or Bahamas right. or you know other places like they're not that. targeting them. Like yeah, so you're said. not going to target them because you're you know you're you're yeah you're getting more bang for your buck going for like kings and and mahis and and blackfins and stuff like that and sailfish. Mm-hmm. So they'll still eat your dead bait. Your uh, yeah, your ballyhoo's that's and what stuff, the, that but, one with the with yeah. the fifteen year old offshore yeah. ballyhoo. Mm-hmm. Yep, piped it. Yeah, I uh, one one time we went out this summer for a dolphin charter, and uh, all of a sudden, man, like it got a little fishy, you know. So we kind of like we're sl- we're slowing down, just looking at everything. Me and Max, my mate, and um, all of a sudden, all these schoolies come flying out of the water like flying fish, dude. It yeah. looked, just how flying fish would shower, it was all mahi, and I never seen anything like that. And I go, dude, there's awesome. there's a freaking there's something here. Too. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be a marlin. Below. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be right. So cool to see like all these different like scenarios out there that happen. You know, whale yeah. whale sharks and stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. When you're on, you get 206 charters. 
Yeah. You're, you're yeah. going to see a lot of stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So what uh, tournaments are you going to line up? You're going to fish this year. Do you know yet? I'm going to do, uh, you know, meet all Jamie's tournaments, meet, you know, the Meet Mayhem, um, probably Meet Mayhem, Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all he got. For you didn't ever do any travel a, tournaments? A local one, not yet. No, not really. I don't have the funds. Yeah, it's true. yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah, yeah they got pricey. Cheap, right? yeah, they got pricey. Well, and then with us too, you you know, you got to picture how much time do you need to take off for these a week, right. a week or two. Right. How many charters are we missing? Yep. Yeah. So it's not just spending; you're also missing money right. at the same time. So yep, I'll leave that to the uh, the paid guys. You know, <laughs> yeah. have endless funds. That's what people always ask me to set up for an event or go to an event or something like that. It's like, well, that's a day out of the studio. Yeah, you know that I'm not working. Yep. So this is going to be worth it. You Congrats, too, man. This place Thank is you. beautiful. Dude. Thank you I very much. It. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny. Um, everyone says that when they first get here. They're like, oh, man, I didn't realize it was such a place, you know. And, you know, I think people, some people have this misconception that I'm just, like, working out of my garage. <laughs> you know, it's a full-on business. I mean, Connected by Water Proper is an apparel company. You know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just happen to be an artist that owns it. And that's kind of, you know what we're trying to explain to people now, you know, it's not, you know, when you call me and you want to just get a shirt designed, it's not, you know, okay, I'm going to do the design. It's like, we're, we're, we do it all. We're one stop shop. So, um, yeah, so we got, you know, full staff here and a network and the internet that doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) at least today. today. (laughs) God, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got next coming? If you don't mind me asking. What's today? Yeah, we got a bunch of things coming up. I mean, our big thing is um, we start ramping up for the Jimmy Johnson because I'm the artist for the Jimmy Johnson every year, and we do a whole bunch of things for that. We do a custom painted guitar for that every year. Sick, um, all thank, of them. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. That gets auctioned off this year. We're doing a double nick because we want to celebrate the fact that it's all going to be held in the Guitar Hotel. Um, we got That's cool. Yeah, we're going to do a lot more events this year. We're going to be setting up for, um, you know, different boat shows and you know, different seafood festivals. Um, we got Pompano nice. Seafood Festival coming up. Uh, we're considering setting up for things like Sunfest and all that. But, I mean, at the moment, we're focused on our project list, um, our new e-com retail push that we're putting forward. We're getting ready for summer to ramp up our retail store for summer. I mean, the list is endless around here. Um, I think we got 150 open projects, which is crazy, mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... We're as busy as can be, you know, it's, there's no shortage of work around here. So that's for sure, which would, you know, knock on wood, but, um, you know, that still doesn't mean that we don't want to come up with unique and new and exciting things to do because we're always evolving and always doing new things around here. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as events goes, you know, I think we're going to ride out January on our projects, um, get through February, do some sales and promotions, and then, um, we're going to be full on into the Jimmy Johnson. So it's cool, you know. It's cool. We're making these um, awesome these cutting boards for the event, you know, which is going to be really, really cool. They're like high quality bison and glass cutting boards mm-hmm. that we're going to be giving out for that, and uh, we're going to have some artwork on auction, some reproductions and things for that. So you know, it's always a good event. This year is going to be at the hotel. Nice, it's just going to be off the charts. So we're really, really looking forward to that. That's cool, man. Yeah. So and I've been that, I haven't done Jimmy's. I want to I want to do it. You know. I haven't had an invite to do that one yet, or 
out of all Maybe do the, the tournaments, I've done a lot of tournaments. I've been involved with a lot of tournaments, um, you know, especially from the business side of it, like the artwork. Um, I mean, that's that's the best organization and show that I've been involved with. Really? Like every, oh, without a doubt. I mean, they treat me like king. That's you know, cool. They, they treat everyone, you know, first class. You know, I think that's an important thing about that tournament. It isn't just about the money. It isn't just about the hard rock. You know, it's about, you know, how they treat you, everybody that's involved. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I need me a wrap on the boat. <laughs> you want to wrap your boat? Yeah. Let's wrap your boat. Right. We'll talk about it after the show. Okay. For sure. We do that all day long. That'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Doing them all the time. So, okay. that's how we roll. There you go. <laughs> so cool. Yep. Cool, man. You good? Enjoying the, the, yeah, the Pilar. Nice. The Pilar. Pilar. So, what else is up with you? Tell me some stories. Um,. Got a swordfish on 20-pound test. Really? That was another one, yeah. Um, You're dropping with 20? No. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? That's freaking awesome. I love it. We, uh, I was on my boy James Fenn's contender. He, he calls me. He goes, hey, man, why don't you do some fun fishing? Because, you know, like we talked about doing something for a living now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my, my fun fishing has gone down to nothing. That's the thing, man. People people are always like, oh, well, it doesn't matter about you. You're doing what you love. I'm like, Psh. I can't tell you the last one. Well, I can't remember the last time I painted for myself. Right. Everything I do here is tied to a job. And if it's not tied to a job, I'm going home to play with my kids. That's right. the bottom. I don't pay for myself anymore. Gotcha. Which is not good, but, right. you know, that's just the reality of it. Um, so the swordfish. Yeah. So, swordfish. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, long story short, they're bringing up the swordfish. I, I put out a, one of my Bonita strips, a sea witch, you know, and a squid skirt. And just, you know, put it out the back out of the way and mm-hmm. monitor that line so it doesn't get tangled in anything they're doing and stuff like that. So they, it's the end of the day, and they're like, hey, let's bring everything up. Let's call it a day, guys, you know. So they're bringing one up. And they go, man, we think we got one on. And, and um, you know, if we do, it's not very big or something like that. So I was like, okay, that's cool. So they go to un- undo the weight, and, and, and that transition sometimes with sorting, they, you know, the fish, that's a very important time you know, right. while you're sword fishing getting the weight off and staying tight and all that stuff so they end up losing it or think they lose it so i look over to my left and my freaking 20 pound outfit with the bonita strip is just bent over dude ripping mm-hmm. line so i'm like i'm tight i'm tight and i'm just thinking i'm you know, gonna have a 15 pound dolphin or yeah. you know bonita. just a cruiser so all of a sudden it scopes out behind the transom and i'm there and here comes a sword that jumps out like a sailfish dude that's so sick. Like, ah! <laughs> that's sick that's awesome yeah and it, and um this is after the mahi, after the wahoo. So at the beginning of the trip, there were some people on the boat that that I got introduced to. You know, once again, just fun fishing. And and uh, James is like, "Yeah, Ricky's a uh, Jesus is 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 uh, a <laughs> Jesus disciple over here. He's like, this guy has crazy luck." And I'm like, "God, James, come on, dude. You know, thanks for saying that, but that's you know, I, I like what you said. Your numbers being out there are going to increase your odds." Jimmy David in Miami is always catching marlin. He's sick fisherman. Yeah. So much stuff happens to them and them. They're incredible fishermen anyway. Um, so we hook into uh we get we we landed like about a forty two pound bull dolphin on the way out. So we had that and a and a bunch of nice dolphin. And then I ca- I want to say I caught probably a twenty eight, twenty nine pound bull as well that same trip. 
before we even started sword fishing. Right. So he's sitting there telling him, this guy's such good luck. It was a good day. Yeah, it was was a sick day. The pictures on Real James just actually framed me up one for Christmas and stuff like that. It was pretty cool of him. Um, So anyway, yeah, this thing jumps. And I'm like, hey, man, I only got 40-pound usury on there, so this ain't this not going to last. You know, I'm thinking it's going to fray us off at some point, you know, And, and pray to God he don't sound with that tackle, you know. So luckily, since you they, stayed up top the whole time, he yeah he did. He went about twenty feet down. You know we yeah. couldn't see him, but you know that's when I was starting to say, "Hey guys, I only got forty Uzuri, so this is right. could be fair, fair, really quick. So if you get a gaff shot, go for mm-hmm. the gusto. Somebody do something or harpoon it or whatever." So about five minutes later, work it up, and they just it was pretty much dead after that. You know, or, or lifeless, I should say. It wasn't that big, maybe. I think James said about 65, 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's not, yeah. You know, but that's nice for that size. I don't know. Still it's though, like, in in yeah. this year of the 20 pound test, right. it's like I like to call it. The year of the 20 pound <laughs> test. Blue marlin, wahoo, this, that, big king, 50 pound kingfish, and stuff like that. So uh, I guess James went in the Bobby Boyle studio and um, telling them the story. And they're like, man, we never really heard of that. So they didn't know if they. You know, maybe thought they were full of crap or something yeah, like that. Right. So they say they sort Well, you fish. just told everyone the whole story on record. So yeah, exactly. Right. It's going to be live on the internet forever now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, uh, you know, they say that uh, also when you're short and you hook one, maybe there's another follower. Right. Mm-hmm, but we right. know that wasn't the follower because he would have just freaking been so full of energy. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. And they, they say they don't have a swim bladder. So they say that, you know, they're pretty vicious and there's stories of them attacking props after they've been hooked instead of like, oh, God, I'm free. Let me go yeah. relax. You right, know? right. They're still trying to eat, you know. So um, that was That's pretty killer. St- sick, dude. Yeah. Just Drop, to- dropping with 20. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was like, so. Uh, That's killer, man. Yeah. I need to get out and fish more, John. Come on. Take what do you fishing? mean? Me? I, don't I don't have a boat. No, I'm saying we, just <laughs> we can go snook fishing though. We always talk about it when we're going to walk the beach and go snook fishing. I have there. the pictures of these two, John. So if you need me to email anything and you want to upload yeah, them yeah. to the show yeah, or yeah, something, yeah, for like sure. That. I'm taking yeah, notes of everything. Yeah, he's uh, cool. He does a diligent job over there. <laughs> Thank you. Breaking his wrist every day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving the show, man. You like so, it? Yeah. Thanks. I'm not too educated on all the uh, what's the is the podcast? Are there stations and how does that all work? So, I see the apps on the phones. So for those of you watching at home, you're watching on YouTube, right? And we have that YouTube uploaded on our YouTube That's channel. That's how I you watch cover, everything. You can also view it through our website. We have a mechanism where you can just do it right on our site. Um, but also we're on radio.com, Spotify. What other channels? I'll list them all below. I can't yeah. remember all. We'll of list them. them all up below. Um, that's the stuff that um, John and, and Justin handle, and I'm not Mr. Technical. And you guys can all. keep track of all the viewing. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I know YouTube yeah. you can, mm-hmm. but on all these apps and stuff. Yeah, so we awesome. use something called uh, Libsyn. It's mm-hmm. a, it, that's the website that distributes it to all the, the radio sites and stuff, and mm-hmm. you can keep track of all your viewership and everything from there. Of it, of all the different sites, cool. is that how you pronounce it? Lipson. Lipson. Ta- yeah, been, you, I've been telling everyone Lisbon. It's Lipson. Telling everyone doesn't ever want to correct me. You got to correct me. Right. Lisbon. Libson. 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 That's where we do it. So, but yeah, so we're all, you know, if you just want to do audio only, or you know, I like the video component. 
You could throw it up on your computer while you're working or something like that, or throw it on your phone. You know, when you're driving. I st- I started the gym recently, and I was like, man, this is gonna be. You know, with the kids and time, you know, it's hard to go home and go, hey, everybody don't talk to me. I'm watching Dennis's yeah. podcast yeah. here on YouTube. <laughs> that's the thing I tell people. Don't that... say a word. I can't. So. Yeah, no, you can't do that. That's, no. That doesn't make sense. In the gym now, I'm able to listen to it. You know, say there's time you're sitting, I'm watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Freaking I cool. always tell people, like like Harris, I'll tell that all the time. He's like, I always make fun of him. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're part of the company, but you don't ever listen to the podcast. He's like, I can't do it. I don't ever have time to do that. And I'm like, well, when you're driving around, play it. On YouTube or one of these other yeah. channels and just play it over your Bluetooth in your truck while you're driving around town or you're running your errands or something like that. Right. To me, that's that's the only time I ever really listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really, you know, watch. I mean, I live it. I don't really, like, go back yeah, and yeah. watch every episode. Right. Like, I'll watch it just to see, like, there are certain parts that I know we was like, oh, I want to see how that part came out. You know what I mean? Or, right. you know, or if I remember there was a story where there was a video that maybe I didn't get to see. I'll go back and watch my own podcast mm-hmm. to see that part just so I can see the video of the thing that we talked about. Yep. Or sometimes I'll watch them all the way through or here I'll play them at the studio. But for the most part, the time I get with them mostly is in the truck when I'm driving around. You know what I mean? And I'll just throw it around, throw it over the Bluetooth and just kind of like listen to it that way. I don't even necessarily watch it. Right. I'll just listen to it. Yep. Same here. I was uh, listening to the uh, one with Bernie mm-hmm. on the way here. Yeah, so, gotta finish that. I'll start one and I'll make sure I finish it and then move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of our Christmas episodes. Yeah, when I seen you did one with Fly and I haven't got a chance to, to yeah to watch that. That one, one was cool. That one was long. Fly and I got going on, <laughs> on Northern Lights and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Though Fly's a good dude though. He's a talker. Yeah, I, I, he's good people. I see him around at the tournaments. I, I think I just seen him in the um, barber shop that we go to up in Jupiter. But uh, I don't think I formally met him. Yeah. So. No, I've known him fly a long time, and he's, uh, I love him to death, like a brother, for sure. So, but no, man, it's been fun. It's been, um, it's been an adventure, putting it all together, and then, um, you know, scheduling the guests, and I don't really research, like, anybody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, before they come on. I mean, maybe I'll look at, you, like, your Facebook your Instagram or something to see some, like some people's like recent catches or something like that. Yeah. Just so when they talk about it, I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's right. Eric Marty, like ahead of the curve. But right. I mean, for the most part, I'm just what you see is what you get. This is me hanging out, talking and and that's, that's all it ever really is. You know, it's not an over, I don't overthink this show at all. That's the thing before it came on. I was like, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the guests, they got something to offer, you know, and I can, and I know you'd like you didn't want to base the whole show completely around you know straight fish talking, if you would. So, I, well, that's really uh, just like the that. whole point of the show is that we get behind the people. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's not just a, it's not a fishing show, right? Really, you know what I mean? No, most of the people that come on here are fishing related because most of my friends connected are, by water. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I know everyone mostly. Yeah. Um, but like Bruce got the uh, marine watch. Yeah, thing. we want to we want to like put a spotlight on the culture and the community. You know, that is connected by water. Basically, mm-hmm. it's not connected by fish. You know, it's not connected by hooks, fishing line, or anything. It's connected by water. And um, you know, there's a lot to be said for the culture behind it. You know, and, you know, sometimes that gets lost in the whole mix of people holding fish up on social media and saying it's all about the fish. It's not always all about the fish. That's like the one moment that capitalized for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But more often than not, you know, some of my favorite parts of the day are just being out there. You know, and being among your friends, not working, you know. Making memories. Like yeah, making memories and, you know, just 
I don't know, changing your perspective. Different for you because that's your office now. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like you said, dude, you can have you can have a slow crappy captain fishing day, if you would, you know, mm-hmm. or you can have a slow, memorable fun day. So yeah. I at least one at the very end achieve that for them as well. Yeah. You know? And so I can relate too because hey, when, but... when people come into the studio too, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? I'm so used to it. You know what I mean? And also art's been my life for my entire life. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing new or nothing special to me because it's just kind of just, you know, I always say being an artist isn't what I do, it's what I am. But I always got to kind of take a step back and remember that when people come to the studio, an art studio isn't like an everyday occurrence for most people. So when they come here, I want them to at least be, you know, treated with hospitality and, and respect and make their art studio experience, if not a memorable one, but a meaningful one. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and if people want to see some work, I'll give them a little tour. I'll take them through some of the prints and, you know, have a good conversation with them about art. And no question is a stupid question. I always got to remember that, too. And, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. It's like because people don't live in that world. Right. And most people don't. That's true. You know, so they can love art. They can appreciate art. They can love fish. You know what I mean? But as far as, like, especially something as specific as marine art, um, you know, I just want it to be a memorable experience when people come to the studio too. You know, I don't ever want to have someone tell a story like, Oh yeah, I went to that dude, Dennis's studio and the guy was such an a-hole and you know, and right. I don't ever want anyone to say that about me. Right. You know, that's, I, I don't think stuff. I am like that, but you know, I don't want people to ever say that for sure. Yeah. Everyone I talk to is a, a static. I know you just did um, some stuff for my boy, Benny. Mm-hmm. He's on another small boat like yep. mine. And, uh, Oh yeah, the studio cool. Yeah, I love Benny, man. Benny's Benny's good people. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's another one that took the leap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a that's actually an interesting story too, as well. Me and him, uh, we went halves on on the CV that he's in right now. Oh, you get, did? Yeah, and at that time, I wasn't really charter. I wasn't a professional charter captain or have my license yet. You know, maybe take someone out here and there. You know, because it's oh Rick, you do pretty well. You know, take me out. So Benny. Um, me and him talk about it and joke about it now. We, uh, you know, I told him at the time, I said, dude, this is going to be a domino effect for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's all going to just keep going and watch what we'll, we'll sit back and watch it unfold as you go. So he, um, he's just pretty much took off and, and he bought me out of that boat. You Mm -hmm. know, he, we, we both, I went and got my license and we're both too busy for one boat, you know? Yeah. And that's where Chris come in to give me the loan for the contender. Why, you know, me and Benny were, were, were figuring out our finances with that one. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah. What, uh, you know what I wanted to ask you? What um, your kids, it is are, are both of them, you know, can you see the talent for art in one or both? or? Yeah. Um, my daughter, mm-hmm. like 100% for sure. So it's uh, a little bit, on. a little bit my son. Um, but he's got a little bit, he's got more of a mechanical mind, um, to where, you know, he loves taking things apart and putting things together and is really good at it. Like you can't grab a screwdriver in the house without him grabbing it out of your hands and saying, no, I'll do it. You know, he just loves, pretty cool. yeah, he just loves that. But my daughter, she'll paint the world if you give her enough paint. So 40 years from now, they're going to be coming to see her. Can you make these shirts and wrap wrap my boat? Yeah. The name lives on. For sure. I mean, they're already talking about 
we were just painting my daughter's room. She mentioned that. She's like, one day when I'm working at Connected by Water, can <laughs> well, <laughs> hold on a second there. Yeah, you're gonna go to yeah. What do you do for college with the homeschool? Is that like at that point they're adults and they go? They well, can... yeah. I mean, I mean, more often than not, to be honest with you, the homeschool kids are more advanced than than right, regular like curriculum school kids. Yeah. Attention. Um. So I'm not worried about any college procession or anything like that, but I want them to really just follow their path where, mm-hmm. where they want to go to school, whether it be, you know, if my daughter wants to go to Pratt and study fashion design, go for it. You know what I mean, if my son wants to go to MIT or if he wants to go to FAU, I mean, it's all, I mean, they're only six and nine. So, you know, but right now, I mean, it, that's consistently been, you know, their skill sets so far as, you know, I mean, they like sports, but they're not into it as much as they are like artistic things. You know, my daughter loves music and she loves art and painting and fashion and all the things like that. And my son is just, he's going to be an engineer. That's what we always say, or mm-hmm. an architect or something like that. But you, know, you never know. That's you like, know? you my, just want to support them in any way you can. My, my daughter, uh, she's, she's knowledgeable of the fishing, but mm-hmm. like she's been out, you know, on, on a hot summer day in a tournament and just wants to go home. I don't blame her. It's tough for a kid. Yeah. And there's no the wind and it's hot. And even in the trip, you know, I want to, some days I get like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, man, let's just end this. We all do. Fish today, there's no wind, ain't nothing biting. Let's go. Yeah. But my son, he's like, that's a Wahoo. That's this, that's it. You know? And he's, he's, he's only five and yeah. Yeah, he actually placed this year in one of Jamie's tournaments for under peewee angler. Oh, so very cool. Got him some well, hard wall, be a some hardware for, for you, the, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got one wall at the house with like a mount and all the trophies and plaques and stuff like yeah. that. So now, you know, he's up on, they call him up on the stage to get uh, his trophy. And I think he won like a Bass Pro gift card or something like that. So while he's up there, he's like, yeah. and everybody <laughs> starts hollering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so proud of him, man, you know, and uh I, I at least want them to just do one tournament with me a year. I like what right. you said. Like, let them take their own path. Sure. I think the more we drill them with anything, it gets old when they're a right. teenager. So I, I yeah. want to be, like, still fresh, you know. But I asked you about the kids because, you know, like maybe Miles one day owns real easy charters. And, like, we talked about maybe there's multiple boats. Maybe there's one, you know. Right. I don't know. Right. Yep, for sure. No, I, I, I mean <clears> – <throat> They're growing up in this life, my kids. You know what I mean? It's like they're coming with us and setting up for shows, and they're all over. The, you know, they're always in the studio. And we got a little corner set aside for them, or, you know, they know where all the supplies are. They know how to use all of them. Like, I got, like, my stuff isn't cheap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I have no problem letting them use it because they know what they're doing, you know, for the most part. They didn't That's always, awesome. you know what I mean? That, that all comes with me just harnessing that. But, um, yeah, no, it's, I think that's one of the best parts about being a parent. It's just seeing them grow and change, but seeing like the behavior that's consistent, like that one thing that mm-hmm. you know, remains with them. You know what I mean? Because they're going to fall into that of a bunch of different things as they get older. And, you know, but if there's like one personality trait that like maintains and like you kind of like adhere to that, and that's how you like really start to know your kid, you know, and the person that they're becoming, it's just that's more one of the more special parts about being a parent to me. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. I love my kids. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They're, they're, it's they're, our, our purpose. Yeah, for sure. John, you got kids? Bud? Not yet. It's coming, though. There dun, you dun, go. Coming soon. <laughs> How soon, There's John? heavy pressure. Yeah. Is there? <laughs> There's heavy pressure. 
Really? In every pressure, but <laughs> yeah, we got married back in back in April. But nice, all her friends, all my friends, they're all having kids. Her best friend just had a had a oh, baby, God. so she's over there all the pressure. time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys have been together for like over a, a decade, long right? time. Yeah, ten years we'd been together. Yeah. Nice. So it was it was time. Yeah. Yep. It'll happen when it's ready, right? Yep. You know what I mean. I want half at <laughs> I'm done at three. That's it, man. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're done. We're done at two. I'm done. No more for me. Yeah, we'll probably have we'll probably have two, maybe three. Yeah. My buddy wanted two. You're young two. yet. Huh? You're still young. I'm still young, yeah. My buddy wanted two. He had one, then he had twins the second time around. He's like, all right, cutting them. I'm yeah. Done. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Dude, that's like luck of the draw yep. right there, man. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yep. So one more. <laughs> How you, you're not ready for that at yeah. all. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's still a it's circumstantial though. I mean, whatever, could, like, you know, like we were saying before, but the, my son was born two months early. Yeah. It's premature. Mm-hmm. You don't plan for that either. You know, so it could go yeah. the other way, yep. <laughs> you know, but it could, yeah. you know, all you can do you is just, know. you know, do what you can do. I don't know, man. You could have four. <laughs> At one time, you could, have, you could have four at one time. No, this yeah. real wood. <laughs> so you think? How far off from having kids? You think? Probably within a year. Ooh, here we go. Or at least starting it within a year. Yeah, have Just, fun practicing. You yeah, know, yeah. One thing. <laughs> one thing you think about is uh, that you don't think about until you have the kid. Is the longer you wait or it takes. Yeah. The less time yeah. you have with them here. Yeah. I would, I'm going to second that because that was one of my, um, I don't want to, I'm not going to say regrets because I have no regrets, not even one letter, but there you go. Um, that's one of my things. I almost kind of wish I would have had the kids a little bit younger um, for my back. <laughs> <laughs> but because they will ruin your back. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I just wish I was a little younger with the kids and not such, you know, I don't want to call myself an old man, but you know, I'm old enough. No, to we're be like, we're only subtracting, me right? Yeah, they're wearing me out, but I don't what? know. And then grab your fingers. Oh, daddy, I'll break your fingers. Yeah. yeah. These are expensive fingers they're about to break. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Take out an insurance policy on them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, Listen, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's yeah. an honor to be here. I really so, appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's just my honor to have you, really. I mean, I, I love, um, you know, I love bringing on guys that have, uh, you know, experienced something similar in, you know, following your dream. And, you know, that's a real a real hero move. You know what I mean? Appreciate that. You've already accomplished more than, what, 2% of the people in the world have. Right. Just by quitting your day job and starting your own business. Exactly. You know, and um, it's, it's an admirable thing. And Thank you. I wish you nothing but the best. Same name, And um, as your business grows and as your skills grow, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I see nothing but good things coming your way because you're a good dude. Thank you very much. And sometimes that's all you need. Same for you. And I'm, and watching you grow as well is, is, is awesome. I appreciate so, that. That's why I said from, you know, let alone tournaments or artwork or this five or ten years, what are we going to have, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Awesome. You never know. Looking forward to the future for sure. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. 2020 is going to be a good one. Yep. So, cool. Well, we're going to end it like we usually end it, right? Oh, wait, no, no, no. So put up your information. We're going to put up his information, right? What you're at. Tell everyone you're at. How they find you if they want to book a charter with 
with Captain Ricky. You can you can find me online at uh, com, or you can uh, at realeasycharters on Instagram and uh, realeasycharters and fishing team on Facebook as well. So right on, right on. All right, you guys want that down home home experience and fish with the captain who's going to treat you right. That's right. Call Ricky. So cool. Right on. Yep, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Good seeing you too. Yeah. So we're going to end it. Your ego is not your amigo. Just do your best and let God do the rest. And always remember to eat, drink, and be local. Buy all your vehicles at Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Subaru. I said Dodge. Rum, it rum, was the rum. It was the rum. <laughs> Sometimes I say Dodge instead of Dodge. Yeah. It's not always tongue the rum. Twister. It's, it's, it's a little tongue twister. Right. And yeah, so and remember that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're always connected by water. That's right. Thanks, Ricky. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate it.